The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast. We're live streaming today as the New York Giants get ready to uh, to head to Detroit to face the uh, Detroit Lions in a preseason game, which will be preceded by joint practices between the Giants and Lions on Tuesday and Wednesday. thought that uh, I would kind of take the opportunity as the Giants switch from uh, from training camp mode to preseason mode here, thought I would take the opportunity to uh, to see if you guys have questions, to see if you guys have comments, to uh, to chat a little bit about your New York Giants and and where they uh, where they stand as we uh, as we kind of enter a new phase of the of the preseason. All right, we've got a couple of questions already in the. Uh, in the comments, Colner Big Blue wants to know what's going on with uh, with Cordale Flott. Says he showed improvements last year, and and I want to hear more. Flott has been kind of overlooked so far in training camp. He's worked some with the first team, but he's also worked quite a bit with the second team. I still think that Cordale Flott has an opportunity here to be the Giants' starting slot cornerback. Obviously, when it comes to cornerback, Trey Hawkins, sixth-round pick out of Old Dominion, has pretty much been the uh, the big story of camp thus far. And one of the uh, one of the things about Hawkins is he is an outside cornerback. He is a guy with man-to-man press coverage kind of potential. He's six three, hundred ninety-five pounds, and, and one of the the results if Trey Hawkins is going to play or when Trey Hawkins plays, a Dory Jackson will move inside is what it looks like. And I don't know how often or how much the Giants will plan to uh, to do that, but Jackson could see some time inside, which would limit Flott's playing time. I don't think Flott has done anything wrong. We've just seen you know Hawkins rise a little bit here. I think the Giants are still high on Cordell Flott. He, he's got the skills to play in the slot, so we'll see what happens with with that. You know, Darnay Holmes also enters into that picture, but we'll see what happens if the if the Giants keep Darnay Holmes. I've said many times that with options like like a Dory Jackson in the slot, with options like with a guy like Zion Gilbert 
who was on the practice squad most of last year, who the Giants like with the possibility of Aaron Robinson being a slot guy if he can ever get off pup and stay on the field for a while. A um, couple of the Giants' safeties, you know, Nick McLeod can play in the slot. Jason Pinnock can move down into the slot. So can Bobby McCain. So can Xavier McKinney at times. So the Giants have a lot of options in the slot, and we'll see how it works out. But to this point, while I would say he hasn't been a standout, I don't think that you can say that that Cordell Flott has done anything to, to make the Giants think that drafting him in the third round a year ago was a mistake. All right, let's move on to another question. Michael Trainer says, we heard a lot about Evan Neal's offseason approach to improving his game, but very little about Josh Azudu's offseason and how he actually looks in training camp. Details, please. All right, Michael, since you said please, we'll talk a little bit about Josh Azudu. 2022 third-round pick by Joe Shane, one of the three offensive linemen, along with Evan Neal and Marcus Matheson. That, uh, that Shane drafted a year ago. Azudu has taken a decent amount of first-team reps at left guard. That position, he's been kind of splitting that position with Ben Bredesen, which is pretty much what, uh, what Bredesen and, and Azudu did a year ago uh, before Azudu suffered his, his season-ending neck injury. I don't know how this uh, position battle is going to turn out right now. My guess is that it would be Bredesen, but I honestly believe that as a Joe Shane, Brian Daybold draft pick, I honestly believe that the Giants would very much like to see Josh Azudu win this job. If he doesn't win this job, then he's another of your versatile backup interior offensive lineman guy who can swing outside in an emergency. I honestly, right now, I was thinking about this the other day, as a matter of fact, teams love to have five offensive linemen and run the same five guys out there all the time. But last year, Dable kept saying that that based on the way they were working, both Azudu and Bredesen deserved to play. And that's why they were splitting reps most of the time. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar to open the 2023 season, at least until one of those guys actually wins the job outright. So Josh Azudu's a guy who I think the Giants are still high on, and, and we could very well see him playing a lot in 2023. Mark B asks, has Deontay Banks improving and if so how mark maybe you uh, maybe you missed the uh, the piece that i did on banks on uh, on sunday at bigblueview.com if uh, if you didn't read it if any of you guys didn't read it please uh stop by the site and give that a read uh, hopefully it'll give you some deep insight into how the giants first round pick has been performing and has been developing throughout camp Listen, I understand that Deontay Banks has not been the quote-unquote star of training camp among the rookies. He hasn't been the the cornerback who's drawn the most attention. That, of course, is Hawkins. And, and Jalen Hyatt is a guy who, you know, third-round pick, wide receiver. He's a guy that's been getting a ton of, of publicity, making a ton of plays. And I know that that a couple of the clips that you guys have seen online, 
is Banks getting beaten once by Darren Waller, who's been unguardable for ev- for every Giants defensive back. Darren Waller is just, you know, he's he's an incredible player, and one on one, he's a he's a nightmare matchup for anyone in coverage. So I just don't think you can read much into into Banks losing a rep to to Darren Waller. Um, Banks, you know, I focused on him at practice the other night and he looked fine. You know, the, the giants are, are happy with what he's done so far. I talked to Banks the other day and he knows there are going to be reps that he wins and reps that he loses. And he knows it's not going to be perfect. The most impressive thing to me about Deontay Banks is that he just continues to play whether it's a good rep whether it's a bad rep he just lines up again and and goes back at it um defensive coordinator wink martindale said the other day that what he loves about banks is if you knock him down nine times he gets back up 10 and just keeps going i don't think deontay banks rookie season is going to be perfect if you're expecting what sauce gardner did a year ago for the new york jets then you'll be disappointed but I do believe that Deontay Banks is going to be a good player, and, and we'll see how it develops. But uh, please, you know, don't expect perfection from Banks. As I said, if you, if you do, then uh, it, then I think you're, you're overly optimistic. But I do believe that Banks will develop into a nice player for the Giants. Uh, Chris Malapores wants to know what am I most looking forward to seeing. Uh, in Detroit during 11 on 11s. Chris, I'm not going to Detroit. I'm not making that trip. I do think that it's always interesting when you see these teams match up 11 on 11 with another opponent because sometimes you get kind of a skewed picture in training camp when the off when when uh, when your own offense is working against your own defense. You're never exactly sure what guys are working on, why certain things happened, whether what you saw is real or not. So I just think it gives you a better picture of where your offense stands, where your defense stands, and uh, you should come out of come out of the week with a little better picture of just what the Giants have on both sides of the ball. Glenn Mossoff wants to know, says the Giants always seem to scour the waiver wire to bolster the roster at the end of training camp. Would you expect the Giants to improve the depth at edge and linebacker? Glenn, that's an annual thing. Every team scours that waiver wire and looks for a player or two to add to the roster. The Giants in recent years have been extremely busy in making changes. And a lot of that is simply because of the constant turnover with the head coaches, turnover with the organization. You're always starting over. So you're always feeling like you have a lot of roster spots to fill because you're always turning the roster over significantly. I do think you may see the giants with the volume of, of moves you know, after cutdowns at the end of the preseason, you may not see the volume that we're used to in the past. 
I do believe that they'll be looking for help at certain spots. And I do think, Glenn, that you've probably identified those spots pretty well. Could be, could be edge most definitely might be inside linebacker, depending on how, on, on how they feel about Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden and whether they want to keep you know, Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, who are really special teams guys and only sort of emergency off-ball linebackers. But those are pretty much the positions that, that I would identify as well. Maybe, maybe defensive tackle, depending on the injury situation right now with, with DJ Davidson, Ashawn Robinson still on pup with, uh, with Ryder Anderson out for a couple of weeks with injuries with seventh round pick Jordan Riley not having shown a whole lot, at least uh, from my vantage point so far in camp. Maybe the Giants might look to supplement there, but uh, but I don't expect to see a massive number of moves uh, from the Giants uh, right before week one. Sarvent75 wants to know, uh, with Jalen Hyatt's rise, are Hodgins' snaps at stake? I don't think so. I think that, I think that what we've seen from the Giants throughout training camp is an awful lot of unique formations. We've seen a lot of three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets. We've seen bunch formations. We've seen formations with Darren Waller out wide. We've seen formations with Waller or Paris Campbell in the backfield. And listen, training camp is one thing. Preseason is one thing. What what Jalen Hyatt is showing so far is fantastic. He's showing that he not only has breakaway speed, what I call, you know, when he's even, he's leaving kind of speed, which we've seen again and again in, in training camp. He's a more polished route runner. He's better at the nuances of the position at this point than I think than I think scouts and, and, and media types gave him credit for coming out of that Tennessee offense. Maybe it's because we just didn't see a lot of it in that, in that super spread uh, Josh Heupel Tennessee offense. But I still think you look at Hyatt and, and you can't expect him to be a wide receiver one right out of the gate. I still think he's going to be a guy that the Giants are going to spot in and out, use to stretch the field. I still think your primary wide receivers are going to be Isaiah Hodgins, are going to be Darius Slayton. I wonder if, if it might be Paris Campbell in the slot who loses some snaps because, because it, it, if you technically want a slot guy, you can move Hodgins in there on occasion. You could, you know, you could put Hyatt in there on occasion. One of the kind of cool things that we've seen from the Giants so far through training camp is the the addition of Darren Waller, the ability of Paris Campbell to take some snaps as a re- as a receiver out of the backfield. What we're seeing is really a positionless receiving group. You see some guys in the slot on one snap and out wide another snap in the backfield another snap. I don't think you have traditional roles where you say 
this guy's a slot. This guy's a wide guy. You know, this guy's an X. This guy's a Z. Whatever you want, you know, whatever, however you want to designate your positions. I think that the Giants largely have a positionless group, and I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. Carl M. says, uh, until we are more convinced that Evan Neal or perhaps Matt Pert can keep Daniel Jones upright, do you think we might perhaps see Daniel Bellinger staying in to help chip or block? Listen, you know, Carl, that's something that I think is is pretty apparent. The Giants, when they use you know, two tight end sets, they're not going to play Darren Waller in line. Daniel Bellinger is going to be the in-line guy most of the time. And it makes no sense to line Bellinger up and leave him in to block to help Andrew Thomas. That's just not necessary. Andrew Thomas is one of the best left tackles in the league. He's an all pro. He can handle himself. If they're going to help somebody, it's going to be Evan Neal. And and yes, it's going to be Evan Neal starting at right tackle. It's not going to be Matt Pert. It's not going to be Corey Cunningham. It's not going to be Tyree Phillips. It's going to be Evan Neal if he's healthy. The Giants drafted this kid seventh overall a year ago. He's not going to ride the bench. I know that, you know, his rookie season wasn't great. His reps have been up and down so far in training camp. Now he's now he's sidelined for a few days with a concussion. But the Giants are going to give Evan Neal every chance to succeed. And listen, Evan Neal doesn't have to turn into a star in 2023. All Evan Neal has to do is improve enough as a second-year player to show that there is upside and improve enough to be more or less an adequate average NFL right tackle as a second-year player. Maybe after that we see more. Maybe after that he moves to the upper tier of, of right tackles. I don't know, but but he, all he really needs to be this upcoming season is an adequate right tackle. I continue to be optimistic that he'll get there, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, But yes, if the Giants are going to help someone, they're going to help 
Evan Neal on the right side. They're not going to spend a lot of time helping Andrew Thomas because it's just not necessary. Cecil McCathern wants to know, Mark Lewinsky's play was very subpar last year, so why are they afraid to sit him? Cecil, I'm going to disagree with you. Mark Lewinsky's play was not subpar. Mark Lewinsky's play was, to be honest, exactly what the Giants expected, exactly what they paid for. He is a middle-of-the-road, average, adequate NFL starting right guard. That's really what the Giants needed. They needed some stability. They needed a, a veteran player, you know, and they needed a veteran player to add to that offensive line. Joe Shane didn't have a ton of money to spend in free agency. He he gave Glowinski a three-year, $18.3 million deal. Glowinski, in my view, gave the Giants pretty much what they paid for. He started every week. He played virtually every snap. He played decent football. He's an average NFL starting right guard. And I, I honestly don't think that the Giants are afraid to sit Glowinski, but do they have a better option? We've seen Ben Bredesen take some snaps at right guard. Josh Azudu is maybe a guy that could move over there, but Azudu's been working at at the left guard spot. Um, Marcus McKethan, fifth round pick a year ago, is a guy that I've thought might be a long term replacement for Glowinski, you know, maybe in 2024, because this is the last year that Glowinski has on his contract where there's any guaranteed money. The Giants can move on from him after this year if they choose to do that. In fact, I think it's probably more likely than not that that's exactly what they will do. But right now, I'm not sure they have a better option unless uh, unless they think that Ben Bredesen is a better option moving over to the right side. There's, there's nothing wrong with Mark Lewinsky other than the fact that he's not an all-pro he's not an all-pro player. He's not he's not he's not Zach Martin. So but he is a decent NFL starting right guard. So let's see what else we've got for questions. And guys, I appreciate you guys dropping in questions. Keep them coming. I'll get to uh, I'll get to as many as I can here today. I really do appreciate uh, you guys tuning in, dropping me some questions as uh, as we get ready for the 2023 Giants seasons. JB wants to know. What are your thoughts on the safety spot? If Xavier McKinney remains in his slump, do we have any other real options for a replacement? JB, I think the real question at safety entering training camp was who would be the starter next to Xavier McKinney. And I think we pretty much have our answer so far in training camp. It looks like Jason Pinnock is going to be that guy. The Giants signed veteran safety Bobby McCain in the offseason, but McCain has worked mostly with the twos and the threes. They looked at Nick McLeod at safety during the spring practices, but McLeod has worked almost exclusively at cornerback throughout training camp. That job at this point belongs to Jason Pinnock. And I think that you know, one of the things that I, I, I know people were upset in the offseason about losing Julian Love, 
but it's a salary cap league, and the Giants felt like they had players who could take over that safety spot and play well at a fraction of the cost of what it would have cost them to keep Julian Love. And and the reality of it is in a salary cap league, you have to. You just have to save money on you know at certain positions you know when you can and and I think that's what the Giants did here so we'll see uh we'll see what happens you know at that safety position but it belongs to Jason Pinnock as for Xavier McKinney I would disagree with the idea that that he was in some type of slump last year look Xavier McKinney was drafted at the top of the second round to my to my eyes in my belief he's really had one impact season out of 3 his second year in the league his first year he fractured his foot missed probably i think more than half the season i think he only played in 6 games so his first season was kind of a wash the second season he was terrific last year he was quiet I wouldn't say he was in a slump. He didn't play badly. He just didn't make the impact even before the uh, unfortunate situation with his hand. He didn't he wasn't making the impact that he had made in 2021. So, yeah, and then the hand issue, you know, with the the accident that he had in in Cabo, sort of self-inflicted uh Self-inflicted wound, if you want to call it that. But uh, McKinney, to me, I've said this before. If you look at the Giants and, you know, they've they've signed Daniel Jones long-term. They've signed Andrew Thomas. They've signed Dexter Lawrence. They're looking to build a core of their own guys from within. So I think that they would like Xavier McKinney to be part of that core, but he needs to prove it to them. He needs to have an impact 2023 season. He needs to be trustworthy. He needs to be there every week, and he needs to play well if that's going to happen. As for as for how they would replace him long term, I don't know. I think that's I think that's a bridge that you cross when you get there a year from now. You you look into the draft or you look into free agency for you know, for a top tier safety. But I think that's a bridge that we cross uh, when the Giants get to it. Let's see if we have any other questions. Cy Guy Bry wants to know, he says, when will we see the three Robinsons on the field before week one? Let's see. Uh, We're talking about Wandale Robinson, A. Sean Robinson, and Aaron Robinson. So let's go through those uh, one by one. I'm going to start with Wandale Robinson, second-round pick a year ago, wide receiver out of uh, of Kentucky, guy that that many were surprised that the Giants drafted in round two instead of waiting at least another round, um, suffered a torn ACL the second half of the season. To me, Wandale Robinson is still on the pup list. I've seen him do very little during training camp in terms of working with trainers, working on the side, you know, doing agility work, that kind of stuff, you know, catching some passes when wide receivers warm up, just catching some passes, standing still as guys get loose. I 
do not expect to see Wandale Robinson until sometime into the season. My guess is based on the timeline of his injury that that he won't be cleared to play until sometime early in the year. I think that Wandale Robinson is a guy. I think if you start on the pup list, I think you have to uh, I think you have to miss at least four games. So I don't expect to see Wandale Robinson until the last two-thirds to last half of the 2023 season. And as far as his role, we'll see when we get there because you don't know which guys are going to be healthy, which guys are going to be hurt, which guys might underperform. I just know that I still believe that Wandale Robinson can be an impact player for the Giants if he can get healthy and stay healthy. Um, A. Sean Robinson, I'm a little curious about myself. The Giants signed the big veteran defensive tackle to help with their defensive tackle depth at this point. Robinson apparently had surgery on a torn meniscus in the offseason. To me, it's a little bit concerning that he's still on the pup list a couple of weeks into training camp. Um, We've seen him doing a lot of agility work on the side, uh, running side to side, doing some, some drills with trainers, moving around a lot more than we've seen Wandale Robinson, to be honest with you. I think he might be close, but we're not going to see a Sean Robinson take any snaps in preseason games. I, as, as a veteran player, as a guy coming off an injury, I don't know when he'll come off pup, but I know we won't see him. I'm, I'm almost certain just based on what I've seen, you know, in past years, I'm almost certain we're not going to see a Sean Robinson during the, uh, during the preseason. We'll see if he's ready for week one. I hope he's ready for week one because the giants need the depth along that defensive line. The third one is Aaron Robinson. And, and I wrote something the other day about uh, Aaron, about uh, risers and fallers guys stock up stock down. I wrote it big blue view and, and I mentioned Aaron Robinson and I hate to, I hate to put injured guys in the stock down or fallers category, but I did in Aaron Robinson's case for the simple reason that, that we looked at Aaron Robinson as a guy who might be in competition for that slot cornerback job in 2023. The more time he misses, the less likely he makes it that he can compete for a role in that defensive backfield. The less likely he makes it that we'll ever see the player that the Giants thought they were getting when uh, when Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge drafted Robinson in the third round a couple of years ago. I think they they used a uh, an extra pick that they had to move up and select Robinson in that third round and. He's been hurt so much that we've never really seen more than occasional flashes of the ability that the Giants think he possesses. So I don't know when we're going to see Aaron Robinson. And, and the longer the longer that he sits on the pup list, I wonder if he's even going to make the 53-man roster. So, uh, so that's the, the story of the three Robinsons. All right, we have another question here. Carl M. says, when you envision the offense in 2023, besides us throwing the ball more, uh, how do you see us progressing in regards to RPOs, pre-snap movement, jet sweeps, four verticals, all of that? Carl, I think one of the things that I mentioned earlier is the 
the, the fact that the Darren Waller in particular is part of the offense, I think that what we're seeing is largely more sort of positionless alignments from the Giants where you might see Waller in the slot on one play. You might see a bunch formation on another play. You might see Darius Slayton in the slot on one play and outside the next play. You you might see Waller lined up outside. You might see Jalen Hyatt lined up in the slot. You see guys moving all around. We've seen Waller lined up as a receiver coming out of the backfield. We've seen the same with Paris Campbell. We've seen little hints of of jet sweeps or shovel passes to uh, to Paris Campbell, to Jalen Hyatt. So I think we're going to see some things from the Giants that we didn't see a year ago. We're definitely going to see more of an effort with the speed that they have with Jalen Hyatt, with Campbell, with Waller, with Darius Slayton, of course. We're going to see more of an effort to push the ball down the field, but I also think that one of the interesting things we saw the other day, we saw the Giants working quite a bit with with uh, with their running backs. Sometimes it was Saquon Barkley, sometimes it was Eric Gray lined up out wide. We've seen that quite a bit in training camp. So I think that formationally, we're going to see the Giants do some some additional things to uh, to try to create mismatch problems just because they have they have more speed they have more weapons to do that with so it's something uh, it's something to look forward to mark b wants to know how are the giants looking on special teams i've seen a lot of uh, of banks on returns and and how about gunners mark it's really impossible to tell at this point in time um what the special teams are going to look like. Uh, Mark said, Mark notes that he meant Eric Gray and, uh, and, and he's right. So I think that, that the one thing we, we can tell is in terms of returners, I think the giants would like to develop Eric Gray into a return guy. They really would, but it's it's not something that he did a lot in college. I don't have it in front of me. Let me see if I can find it here as I'm talking. But Gray did some returning in college, uh, but not not a ton. Uh, but I think the Giants would like to see that. Obviously, um, Gary Brightwell remains an option as a return man on uh, on kickoffs. They've worked a lot of guys at punt return. When I look at Gray, he did uh, he did a very little bit of both punt and kick returns. He had nine punt returns in college. He had four kickoff returns. He's worked at both. Thomas McGay, he says it's a work in progress with Gray as a returner. I could easily see the Giants sliding him into that role. Um, he, it's difficult to have a guy who... Uh, who makes the roster just as a return man in all honesty, in all honesty, the best pure return man on the giants 90 man roster might be Khalil Pimpleton wide receiver who spent last year on the practice squad, small guy, five, eight, five, nine hundred and seventy pounds. Maybe he might be the guy who's the best return man on the roster. The problem is with the, the new kickoff rules with the the way that kickoff becomes more and more limited every year in the NFL, 
you can't make a roster just as a return man anymore. Pimpleton could be a guy that could return punts too, but again, you just can't make a roster as a guy who who can only help a team as a return man, which is why a guy like Eric Gray, who could be a running back as well, um, you know, has an advantage and might be a guy they work in there. Seen a lot of guys take reps there. Jamison Crowder, veteran wide receiver, is a guy who's done a lot of punt returning, been very successful in his career. He's an option as a return man as well. But uh, Jay Sean Corbin is a was on the practice squad last year, and he took some uh, he he took some some punt and kickoff return reps in preseason games last year. If he makes the roster, he's another option. But I do think. Eric Gray is the guy to watch as a returner. See if the Giants are comfortable enough when we get to the regular season. See if they're comfortable enough with him returning to to put him back there. As for for gunners and things like that, there's no way to know right now. Um, Jeff Smith is a guy the Giants uh, brought in as a free agent, unfortunately waived him injured um, a few days ago guy that we thought might be a, a special teams gunner for them. They've worked all kinds of combinations in uh, in training camp, and who the gunners are going to be is just really not something that that we could really even speculate on until we get to until we get to the regular season. So as I said, they work so many combinations in these uh in the special teams periods of, of training camp practices that, that it's impossible to know. All right, let's see if we have any more questions here. Uh, looks like, uh, looks like that's it. I hope I've gotten to all of your questions. I hope I didn't skip any or miss any guys. I appreciate the time this morning. Hope I've, uh, I've helped you guys understand a little bit of what's going on with the giants as they, prepare for your 2023 Giants NFL season. So uh, thank you very, very much for the time, for the questions, for the praise, for the comments. And uh, please remember to, to subscribe here to the, uh, to the YouTube channel. If you, if you like what you hear and you see, and always check bigblueview.com for your daily Giants coverage as we give you all the news, opinion, and analysis that, uh, that we hope you need. All right, thank you as thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.